morning, everybody. High atop the west side of Cherry Hill. This is Chad and Chuck doing the, well, we call it the long show when it's not the daily show. I know we've confused you mightily by now, but we'll be with you for uh, 40 minutes uh, today talking about a little bit of basketball because anytime you have the Grimley boys covering the NBA or the Sixers, you're in trouble. Uh, and we'll talk a lot of baseball, but uh, we'll open up with... Uh, Bud, what's your thoughts about the uh, Maury press conference and Harden? And do you want them back? And just kind of pontificate about the Sixers. How about it? Well, the Sixers. The Sixers. I don't think they'll sign Harden back. You don't? No, because I, I think the last thing I read was he wants a four-year. Four years. Pretty huge deal. I don't know 50. if it said max, but hu- it wants a huge 50 deal. $50 million given that guy. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, but Maury could justify it. True. Well, well Maury and him are apparently really good friends. Yeah, they're best which friends. I don't know why they're so close. There shouldn't be that much, I guess, bonding at that, maybe with between the players and you know the management like that. You want to avoid situations where you're having to deal with close friends. I I, I like that money, I, money ball scene. Between the, the two of them, they can name all the nightclubs in Houston. Yeah, that, that's never that. a good thing. When yeah. that's who the guy, of course, he's going to want to keep Harden there. Yep. So I can't see how the, uh, the Sixers sign him, but I also look and say, what could the Sixers do? to avoid us having a situation next year where we're just not a good team. And that's where you and I get in trouble because we don't know free agents. Yeah, the only thing I've read is the Sixers somehow get Damian Lillard. I don't know what his status is. Whether I hear his name. I've heard his name since high school. He's a solid player, obviously. (laughs) I don't know what he's even doing. I don't know. I didn't think Chad bet the Cubs yesterday. He didn't even know (laughs) Bellinger was it killed his season. I didn't I didn't know Lillard was still playing. That's hilarious. But you know, in the NBA you get these guys, they come in at twenty years old and they have fourteen years careers and you think they're old and they're only thirty three. They still have time left. A couple I get, years, so I, there, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's the answer. <laughs> I mean, I'll look up his stats real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll cover for you. I'll give you ground fire. I don't think Lillard, whatever his name is, is the the uh, pathway, the ticket to the NBA championship. Speaking of which, man, well, what the, the thing f- with Damian Lillard, I do remember he is an elite scorer because I remember twenty five. I'm going to say without looking, this year's thirty two. Oh. In oh. 60 games, 32 points per 32. game. 32. He's an elite scorer. He is. All right, give me the three because okay. you know I'm going to go right to the three. Uh, 37%. Okay. Pretty solid. Very, very okay. respectable. In minutes, he's playing 38 minutes? Uh, 36 minutes. Okay. He wow. shot 91% from the free throw line. Guess what? Give me Lillard, baby. Yeah, I mean, he is an elite scorer because I saw this this weird timeline between LeBron and a couple other players uh, about how many points they were scoring to see who could break LeBron's scoring record. And I saw right. Lillard was on that list if he could somehow, you know, play and turn another seven, eight years, something like that. But, but is he a free agent? Is he a free agent? Or do we have to do one of those funky three-way trades I had to call Pete for? Like, we sign hard to move to so-and-so to get Lillard through the back door from, you know, the other two. That type of thing. Uh, July of 22, two-year max extension through 26 and Don't 27. It. Yeah, so, it it'd have to be a trade. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't see Lillard. Or you. We don't, you and I don't know the options. We just don't know the options. Let's not fool the, hey, uh, podcast is growing nicely, bud. Daily yeah, it show. is. Daily Show was nice. Congrats on the uh, success there. Yeah, it's moving. Getting yeah, thank you. Up listeners. on listeners and the downloads. It's all good to see. Uh, and, and the unique listener. Unique <laughs> listeners is an important stat. It's a guy that wears a pink suit and drives a purple Cadillac. He's a unique the unique people. Yeah, unique people. But uh, did you hear the Maury press conference? Did you get sick? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get all of it. Can but you talk like Maury? 
I don't know how he even talks. Yeah. It's a, a sinus infection <laughs> waiting to happen, you know? I should make joke. Maybe he has chronic sinuses, but Eskin, of course, put him in his place. Eskin, why he qualifies to even have a job as, as GM. Yeah. He said, why shouldn't they look at you, I believe? You know, looking yeah, at Doc, hey, looking at the players, yeah. why shouldn't they look at you if you field this team? Love him or hate him, Eskin will always ask the question that nobody else has the guts to ask, and that's been that way forever. Including but the ones we uh, we field him every, every now and then. Including the ones we give him statistically. Uh, I, I could not tolerate Harden here for four more years. Uh, you know, I a lot of people are giving me credit for going against Harden from the trade, which I did, and I was adamant about it. But just to keep everything you know transparent here, I did kind of buy his stock back uh, earlier this year when I saw the, the weight loss and performance metrics shooting 40% from three, et cetera. And I thought, hey, maybe this will carry through the playoffs. What I should have said uh, and known better was that when it's postseason, Harden disappears. And when you score 42 points followed up by 13, I think that qualifies as disappearing. I could not watch uh, four more years of that with no defense and thinking all of a sudden he's going to change in the postseason. He's not, it, right? It only gets worse in the postseason for most players. It it's very worse. hard to be good in the postseason and elevate your game. But there are guys who do that. And speaking of, you know, Jimmy Butler, Butler. is what, probably one of the best examples now who does that. Would anyone have thought that he could actually win the series, yet be up 3-0, 3-0. in the series? I mean, I was, saying, I was telling everyone I've talked about the Sixers with, Whoever wins, I said, whoever wins game six is going to the NBA Finals. And, you were, and I, when the Celtics lost game six, I obviously won game seven. I thought the Celtics are absolutely making the finals. And somehow they're down 3-0. Getting blown out. They're getting blown out. They lost by 26 points if, yesterday. If I gave you the Celtics plus 25 last night, all you got on that bad boy. I right? bet my life on it. Take my know, mortgage out on that one, yeah. And I was uh, I was taken back by the post-game comments the Miami coach, Spalding guide, what's his name? Spolstra. Spolstra, there you go. He was almost apologetic for the fact that they were outsmarting Boston. He, he, he is. He was apologetic. He was like, well, our plays were running to perfection. We were playing through the ball screen really good. We were isolating better. Basically, every time he says that, he's saying, "I we outcoached. Well, that's what he wants to do. He wants to set the mind that it's not necessarily the coaching, it's the players executing perfectly, yeah. which is coaching. coaching. But he's deflecting a little bit off himself, pushing it onto his players, which a is point. a good leadership style. It is good. You're leadership. saying, hey, my players deserve the credit. I set them up, but they, they delivered. Right. And, you know, half and half, I guess. But the, the point is, is this guy is cementing himself, if he hasn't already, to be one of oh, the greatest coaches man. in the NBA. I mean, the fact that he can take a team, which is a very good, I mean, they're a very good team, but... To beat superstars like Jason Tatum, you know, to go out there and, and beat Jalen Brown, to beat Joel Embiid, this is and and not to mention the first round they they beat the Greek freak too. Yeah, he may have been a little yeah, banged but up, that, but they still beat they re- still beat the number one seed. Doesn't really reflect too well upon the Sixers, does it? It reflects terribly. I mean, how bad was our coaching? We th- our our coaching was so bad. We thought the Celtics coaching was good, good. and the Celtics coaching is so bad this series. How bad? Is that? And what button is that? Not even that one? I don't know what button to hit. That one. That's it. That's cute. Uh, Hitting all the buttons. Is this the nightmare for the Sixers? Let me see if I can articulate this. Much less get the names right. Forget about that. 
is the nightmare for the Sixers that the guard that was here that we got rid of, I think he was rookie of the year, that started the whole process, and we shipped him to Milwaukee. Oh, Drew Holiday. Holiday. Love that guy, yeah. Holiday, hear me out, Holiday will go on to win an NBA championship before the Sixers and the process and adding insult to injury, Butler, who we disposed of, will win an NBA championship before the Sixers. If you said yep. Holiday and Butler win NBA championships, how stupid do the Sixers look? Yeah, they, I mean, that's I the mean, quintessential setup for regret, right? Getting rid and of Drew, Drew Holiday, he was such a consistent player. Look at his career every year. It's 15, 16, 19, 20, 20, 17 points per game. Oh. The guy just is just so consistent it, out there. He always plays at 60 games, 60 games, 80, 70, 60, 60, 70, he's 70. He's a Bobby Abreu you know, basketball. He, he shows up a lot. He's there. He's scoring. And I guess you can say after all this time, we have a guy similar, a point guard like Maxi, who's putting up 20 points a game, younger speed, sure, all that. We got yeah, to beat from we'll it. see where he goes. The problem with the Sixers, in my opinion, is can you win with Joel Embiid? Obviously. That's probably he, the question. You, yes, you can win with a guy, but is he being used... Terribly, is you not? Are you not using Joel Embiid effectively? In my opinion, I look at uh, Jokic, Jokic from the Nuggets. The guy's always around the paint, but he does everything though. He can shoot from ten, right? He can, he drive, can but so can, float. He but floats. Embiid can do a lot of that too. The he problem can, with yeah, Embiid he is he's always hanging around the perimeter. I mean, what did he shoot in the postseason yeah. from three pointers? Below twenty five percent, seventeen percent. Okay, yeah. he's below twenty percent. Why is it? He look and look at look at Jokic the other day. I think in the first quarter he had like fifteen rebounds. If you're Joel Embiid, if you're a guy that big, you have to be under the basket. You have to be getting rebounds. Where are the offensive rebounds? You know what stat I want to see that you bring up here. I know I saw this one time. Pete will be all over this. Uh, he's our basketball guy. Tommy for baseball. Pete for basketball. We got some others. Kyle, right? Get into this, Coach Al. Uh, but I remember seeing Chad. A stat on steps taken per game, how, how much court you covered moving. And I would like to see the difference. This is a huge catch here. I'd like to see the difference. Of course, you have to do it by minutes played, divide by. In bead versus Jokic, because how you say the guy didn't win. Jokic. Jokic. Coverage, you know. I just, in bead doesn't move as much is what I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, the other guy smoother, um, I mean, watching him, you know, get, having a chance to watch him in the postseason. I mean, he, he, it, aver- truly he averaged a triple-double this year. Yeah. 9.8 rebounds. I'm sorry, sorry. 9.8 assists, so that round that to 10. Uh, 12 rebounds a game and obviously 25 points. Once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concede to Eskin here. He's better than Embiid. I have no doubt in my mind if it, he's better than Embiid. No doubt in my mind. I never thought I'd say that. I was defending staunchly defending Embiid for MVP. It doesn't look like the role of an MVP to do what he did in the postseason. That didn't look like an you, MVP play. You know, I, yeah. I don't watch Jokic enough to know who his mentality is. He a leader. I, I'm yeah. going to assume he is based on the success the Nuggets have. But when you watch Embiid, the thing that's very clear is that he's an unbelievable player. He is an MVP guy, but he's just not a leader out there. He just doesn't have that mentality that, you know, I don't know. If you take a P.J. Tucker personality, put it in Joel Embiid, what do you have? I guess yeah, some, yeah. Other, some other superstar, whether that's you know, LeBron or, or Curry, I don't, I don't know. But the, the, the guy who's going to go out there and not look slow 
when they're down by 10 points. Right, right. That's not... Jo- looks like he's struggling to get down the court. You know, right. Embiid looks gassed. Gassed. He looks, always gassed. Always he looks, on my shorts. He yeah. looks defeated. He looks like he's doesn't really care. Like, I, got, I don't think this is true, this statement. No, but he, he almost cares. looks like a guy where it's like... I score my 35 points per game. I yeah. my, I'm good. You know, I'm doing my That's part. That's exactly what Eskin says. About I'm, do, I'm doing my thing. I don't really care. He just doesn't look like a guy who fights back and really wants to be. He's not calling for the ball when he should be. And he's obviously, he's not clutch. Two years in a row now, not delivering at all in the uh, game this, six, game sevens where it matters. And this was the year, man. This was the year. This was the year. You didn't have that strong knockout team. You could, you, you could have been there. This, this That's happened twice now. Yep. Where it was the pathway. Yeah, the Bucks got eliminated. Number one seed. You're this playing the eight the seed. Year. Playing oh, the eight man. seed instead Sixers. of the one seed. Process broken over. No process. All the oh, that was all, such a bust. That all process. I heard about it. Oh my god! I want to hire banner play. I don't want to hire one banner plane. I want to buy the fleet of all banner planes with all the dollars I've got left. Divide my dollars by all the banner planes. Fly them all over Cherry Hill at the same time, saying. Process broken fraud. Now, was it really the process fault though, or was it the people running the process? Well, you know, it's all drafting Marco Fultz over Jason yeah. Tatum. The, yeah. How well, many guys? Yeah. And I get it. You never know who you're drafting. On paper, he's their number one pick for a reason. You know? Yeah. But the Sixers can't draft this that many guys and have none of them pan out. I mean, Norland's Noel, Jaheel Okafor. <laughs> right. Right. Whatever happened to Okafor? He was I, I used to have to listen to <laughs> he certain, was terrible. I, I used to have to listen to certain people defend those players. Like, yeah. Don't give up on what Mar- you say. Marco Fultz, Jaheel Okafor, Nerlens Noel. Oh. Top prospect picks and top process picks. <laughs> Rancid. Terrible. Rancid. And the only reason, because I'm certainly not gifted in basketball, the only reason I push back on the process, and I said this all the time to Pete, and he'll remember it, the reason it won't work is the ratio of high round picks, the lottery picks, et cetera, to success. I it's looked hard. at that. It's hard to do that, yeah. It's so hard. So there's two paths. One of you just do it organically. And if you did that, I guess you'd have to keep that stiff holiday hand that went on to win a championship. It's just, yeah. it's so much salt in the wound if you're a Sixer fan. It's like, ugh. Worst case scenario is happening for Sixers fans. And now it gets worse because now I think I think you may have a broken franchise. Yeah, here was one of our uh, one of our, our prospect guys, Nerlens Noel. First off, Jahil Okafor, he's out of ba- he's out of basketball. <laughs> he's a he's an Uber driver. <laughs> he's out of Manhattan. He works for Kelsey's. <laughs> and here here's Nerlens Noel oh, wow. this past year. Right, seventeen games, two point one points per game. I mean, two point wow. one points per game. Yeah. But he blocked, one, one blocked basket. Four. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, when he blocks the average per game. Yeah. 0.6. Yeah. I mean, just. Yeah. I know. The guy's injured for the past two uh, years. Let's stop this. Pounding. It's a mess. Let's the stop process. pounding our poor Sixers fans because I think they've all left town. I'm pretty sure they've all left. They're in Utah somewhere. All right. Let's talk about the, uh, the Phillies. Um, that's a sad topic right now. I, I'm getting disgusted. You know, the Friday night game, they come back and win two Saturday, Sunday. Big, as Jackie Gleason used to say to Alice, big deal. I mean, I'm just so what? They won two games. Um, they got the lineup right because we had, a, I'm convinced Skipper's listening to our podcast, and he finally got the lineup right, bench Turner. But, you know, bud, here's the problem. 
Let's take a look at the Phillies. Below league, rather than bore you with the detail of every stat, uh, below league average runs per game. Yep, below league average home runs per game. Below league average walks. Below league average running scoring position. Below league average slug running scoring position. There's offense. Pitching, below league average, 25th actually. Defense, below league average in defensive efficiency. Below league average in R-tot, defensive front saved. Check this out. Entire outfield is a negative defensive run saved. All right? So you look at the whole outfield, and they're all negative. Even Cassie, who got off to a good start, and he has six assists. Wait till you hear this. The, the assist for Schwerbor and um, Marsh, our center fielder, over the last – Three, check this out. Schwarber has one assist in 23, three in 22, and one in 21, bud. 2,000 innings on defense. Wow. He's got five assists. Marsh has two assists in his career, 2,000 innings. Put those cats together, 4,000 4, major league innings on defense. Okay? They have seven assists. That's bad. That's not possible. So there you go in terms of parts of the game. So when you break the team down, base running, it's things that are not related to pitching. Base running, D coverage, arm strength, stolen bases, walks, team speed, runners in scoring position, advancing runners, bunning, high leverage. You agree? They're below in every one of them? They are. I mean, look, they're they the Phillies... The defense, base running, a lot of those things are very underrated. You assume that they're big league guys; they can handle they can handle that stuff. They've been doing it their whole lives, but it's just not the case. I mean, you look at the Phillies. You you just named all of that. I don't have to name re, rename it. Right. They're just not delivering in any of those areas. Now, the, all all the really Phillies really have is good average, good team average, good team on base percentage. But even you look at that, they're not hitting in the clutch. High leverage situations, we looked at it before. They're one of the worst in baseball. Runners in scoring position, I think they're 22nd. Two outs runners in scoring position, I think they're 26th. They're just not a team that is really hitting when it matters. So they got batting average. They have batting average. Yeah, they got some guys hitting for high average. That's it. You know, they got a guy like Bryson Stott, who uh, He'll, is going to hit 280 maybe, 280 all have very little power. That's the problem. Him and Boehm now, no OPS, both both. Boehm's disappointing because he started the season with power. His spring, he had power. He, he looked us. like he gained the mu- gained the weight. He had the maybe thirty home run potential, and I don't know. I just, I haven't written. I I still have faith in Boehm, yeah, but he's young. The, yeah. I mean, the way he hits lefties is truly incredible. Still, the way he's still hitting them, but I am disappointed watching him. He he he's just not showing that power that I think we really thought he he could have made that leap this year. But you look at guys. It's Turner and Stott. Decent averages. Turner obviously will help get back up, but very little power, and that that's really hard. You know, when, when you have guys like that who can get on base, but they're not driving balls in the gap. Every now and then, of course, they're going to do it. Stott had a home run yesterday. It's yeah. the only reason the Phillies won the game. Broke a clock, right? But yeah. yeah, exactly. They're just not having enough power consistently. And now that their lineup's finally getting getting better, you know, they're going to have some games where they look like a great team. Yeah, Schwarber yeah, comes up and he hits that one yeah, of those clutch feast. home runs. Yep. And, it was a grand slam the other day. Yeah, and that You're going to have that type of stuff. So if I said to you, 
Name the Phillies players with a positive defensive run rating. Quick. How many players? Phillies. Positive. It can't be more than two. One or two. All right, so name them. JT's the easy one. That's the only easy one. one. Other one I could say we could be Bryson Stott. Okay. A second, but he's, he's been he struggled recently. You're exactly right. He was plus. He's now neutral zero. Okay. Yeah, the other day, you look at that fly ball over first base. <laughs> that seven the, second fiasco. What the, the Phillies made that look like the Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> and when in reality, it's a pretty routine pop up. And, and you I mean, very routine. Our right fielder wasn't busting and coming to back that play up. Casty was jogging, and of course, the ball rolls forty feet right. away, and yeah. the runner gets all the way over to third. So they're they're the little runner, things. The runner scored, I think. We talked from first. Yeah, you're right. We talk about little things of hustle gang and Friday night's game. And I know this because I got the replay button on my TV Friday night's game, six plays where we were not hustling. This is a major league baseball game. You know, you know, hear the car commercial professional stand. We are professional grade. The Phillies are not professional grade. We said that on our last podcast. So Turner makes a crazy error at shortstop ball hops up a little bit high. Not high. Goes out to left field. Now, if you're in left field, bud, are you breaking in on that as soon as it's hit, just in case? You have to have the just in case. Exactly. You have to prepare for the just in case. That's why we're paying him $23 million a year. Gets by uh, Turner. Schwab has it moved the step. Runner jogs into second base. How's he get to second on a narrow to short? He didn't deflect the ball yeah. after right, right in back of him. But nobody was moving. On the ball you referenced in, in, in San Francisco, Caxty was... Watching the play on replay, he's actually stopped, and then he's jogging, and then it hits and ricochets over, and all of a sudden it starts sprinting. You got to be going like your hair's on fire coming in the whole time. The mo of the team, bud, is not to be that way, and I think that's what Boa means when he talks about clubhouse leadership. Guys like Dalton that'll jack you up and say, hey, you're not busting your butt. You better start. Rose, that would do that. Yeah, but the problem is our leaders, like Kyle Schwarber's not doing that. If people say Kyle Schwarber's the leader on the team, I believe he, I believe he is. He, I, I think he's probably one of the most likable guys in baseball. But is he going to say to someone, you're not busting? Yeah, yeah, but is he going to say to someone, you're not busting hard enough right. going after that ball? No, because he doesn't play defense good. No. How can he? No. How you, you, If you're going to be Great. that leader... You either have to have a lead ton of confidence <laughs> or lead by example or, or both. Or be able to beat the whole clubhouse up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, and that's not Schorber. Yeah, you have to lead by example. And Rose always did. As long as Rose was going in head first and running over catchers, he could lead by example and get in your face. You're exactly right about you just, that. You have to play hard. It's one thing if you're struggling. I mean, if Kyle Schorber's out there busting it, you know, if he's backing that play up with Turner, keeping that guy off second base, then you, know, you can make those comments. But, you know, because, I mean, he is what he is. He, he's not the fastest guy in the world. That's fine. But he doesn't look like he's playing the smartest position. He's not running where he should be backing those guys up. And then, obviously, there's these other defensive moves where he's somehow bobbling ball. He goes to his backhand. I think there's a 50-50 chance right now the ball kicks off his heel yeah. and, and dribbles six feet away. It's just So when remarkable. you combine bad D with, and it's all part of bad D, zone coverage, Outfield arms woeful. You don't have much to look forward to on defense other than people trying to be dumb enough to steal on JT, right? And he throws a 1.7 pop time. From his knees. From his knees, <laughs> right? He throws a seed. And I say to myself, why the heck are teams, you know, 53% thrown out? I mean, it's just insane. But other than that, I mean, I don't know how Cassie got the six assists. 
must have had four in one game or something, you know. I mean, if you look at the 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 wins above replacement by position, yeah, but the one. the only guy in the right. uh, you know top five for the Phillies is JT. JT, and, and they're way out. Casty's uh, seventh, and, and he, so, you know, he was he was second for a while. He was, yeah. And then you have I think Stott is is tenth, yeah. and uh, Marsh is tenth. But, but that's the report card, then, bud. Yep. So we just did the report card like you get it in second grade, right? There's eight areas of grading of your of your child's performance. Well, we just covered the Phillies report card, and was any of it a B plus? Just JT. The JT's an A. Yeah, but I mean team wise. Oh, team wise, no. no. Team wise, they're tw- they're a twentieth in uh in baseball and wins above replacement. And doesn't that tie into our analysis when we go under each category? We did the ten categories, non pitching. They were a yep. down arrow in each one. Then you come in with the the ranking. That's called wins against replacement. Right. That's wins above replacement. Re- yeah. Wins above replacement player. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're um, they're way below average at first base. At third base, which is mostly, uh, I think, been uh, Sosa this year. Shortstop, they're nineteenth. That's way. That's terrible for being Trey Turner. Left field, they're negative two. That's Kyle Schwarber right there. So yeah, they're just below average in a lot of a lot of positions. And that's that's a team right there. That's that's yeah. going to struggle to win games if you're if you're if you have that going for you. And this podcast took a whole bunch of heat. We got a lot of trouble for saying Turner was just an average shortstop, didn't we, in the beginning? It's true, though. And now he's a minus four? I mean, that's dreadful. But you got to think about it. How many people watch, Watch Not didn't watch one Dodgers game or whatever team Turner was on before that? The Nationals. How many people watched less than five games of Trey Turner through his whole life and just went on what they heard on ESPN about how he's an amazing player? And he is a great player. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's a great defender. No. When ESPN says he's an amazing player, it's because he's hitting two ninety five with a you know seven eight hundred OPS something like that. I got no, no one calculates or considers his defense. I got pictures of him, five of them in my phone of him over diving. Have you noticed it yet? When he dives to his left, lays out, the ball's under his glove. That's a problem. He, he's reaching it, and it's under his glove. So Trey, when you when you dive, lay out. You got to put your glove down on the carpet because the balls are going under your glove. You're he's diving like this, but it's got to be practice. I'm holding my I mean, glove up two feet above the table, and he's the balls are underneath his glove always. So he's reaching it, but he's not catching them. He has to spend less time with the fancy slides and more time with the fundamentals. Maybe he's not willing to dive in practice. Do you see him slide? You don't see him run back to left field real hard, do you? So no. maybe Turner's all about protecting the body, right? He, he loves sliding, though. He oh, has made yeah. multiple ESPN oh, highlights for that little slick thirty foot slide. Slide, then he just pops up all like naturally. He's at a sixth grade birthday party so, on a wet trampoline. You oh, know? a slip and slide, slip and slide. Yeah, yeah here comes, so, here so, comes so, so here athletic, comes. but when he dives for a ball, it goes under his glove. Oh, Helen, did you see our neighbor's kid Trey? Look at him on the slip and slide. It's, it's too much, <laughs> too much flash for my for my like. It really is, and I get that's the MLB nowadays. It's all about that yeah. flashiness. But if you're going to do that, you have to deliver, and he's just not delivering. Right and listen, now. I mean, you know, how do we know? Well, we don't know, but we looked at his OPS for last year, dropped to 800 from the year before that, which was 910. From the year before that, which was 980. So all we did was look at a trend called 980, 910. 809, and we said after three years, because three years, ladies and gentlemen, does make a trend. 
micro trend, but trend. And we said, hey, that's that's alarming. And what do you know? This year's OPS is what six ninety six ninety three six ninety. I mean, below seven hundred, uh, below seven fifty for a for a guy being paid this much is just inexcusable. Man, and that's dear. that's bad. And what's Schwarber's OPS? He's got to be like seven twenty two. Seven twenty two. Yeah, because he hits the long ball. And it's all all the, that OPS is all home Stott runs right and there. Boom, are they both at seven hundred? I'm guessing. Boom's at seven twenty. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's seven twenty and Stott's at seven eighteen. So here's the bad news: the only guys with the OPS are dropping, except for JT and Harper. Marsh is still probably like nine ten, eight ninety. Marsh is eight seventy still and dropping like a rock. Yeah, like, he's been struggling. Can you, you can't sing a bar that but, song like a rock. No, but it's you hard. know the big thing with Marsh too is he had a couple triples early in the year that were down the line stuff yeah. like that. That's going to jack OPS Jack-up, way up yep, for a yep, while. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's got he's got four triples right now. Yeah. So where's the end OPS below eight hundred for the year? Definitely. Yeah, he's a sub eight hundred OPS. So guy. maybe like eight ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's so you're setting the OPS guy. over under on, on Marsh. Set it. You're at eight hundred. 790. And where are you going? Over under? Probably under. I'm with you. Yeah. Now we got, he, I mean, that. Now we got that to track two. I mean, of- Marsh is showing who he kind of has yeah, been. Yeah, as been. a hitter. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, it's been bad the past few weeks. It's been really bad. He started right. off as the best in baseball for a few weeks. So he really did. Once again, let's keep it outside the uh, pitching. Give me the three things you're most excited about with this team, non pitching, in order. Bryce, Mo- Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, such the obvious easy. Being guy. back, being the leader. Yep. Lead by example. Hasn't missed a beat. No, hasn't missed a beat. It's like he never. I mean, the guy's just. He's the definition of a gamer. He really is. Better than Trout right now. Is he? Trout struggling this year a bit? I guess I should index that before I pop off, right? But I, you know, it's always hard. Like with, he is. It's always hard with the Angels because you have the stuff on social <laughs> media that says the Angels. Uh, Trout had two homers and Otani had, had two doubles last night, and the Angels lost five to four. <laughs> And you see that a lot, so it's hard to know how Trout's doing because it's such a joke now about the Angels organization. And uh, let's see this here real quick. Yeah, bring Trouty up because he's probably and he's like, got an eight ninety OPS. Yeah, there he's always nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, he's always yeah. nine hundred, right? I guess it's down for Trout because yeah. his career a thousand. Right, but um, no Harper. I'm most excited about. Yep, check um, number two is I, tough. I think I actually look forward to the future about what I'm most excited about being a guy like Andrew Painter. You know, you're already off the current roster. I think I am. Yeah, Wait I don't. I don't have this much. This is the team that went to the World Series, and after Harper, your most excited aspiration is a guy that's probably going to have Tommy Johnson. <laughs> well, it can, you can't be excited about a single starter. That's amazing. Think about what you're saying. No, no, just think about it. You can't be excited about Wheeler and Ola because they're struggling. Yeah, we were. Ranger looks like he forgot how to pitch let's, again. Let's stay non-pitching. Let's stay okay, fine. Non-pitching. Players, yeah. Then let's just go position by position. Sosa's proving that he can't. He doesn't. He'll be better at two hundred at bats. Yep. Then he'll be at five hundred. Dilute him out. Yeah, yep. he's dilutable. Yep. Uh, Turner. Turner. Very covered. below average. Right. Stop. We've kind of covered. First base, you have Bohm. We talked about Bohm. Never give you thirty-five home runs. You go to your outfield, and they're all negative defensive all negative guys. Team. Right. JT is JT. He's. No, I'm not saying he'd be excited about because he's been fine. He's well, been he's delivering. Your, he, he's either your MVP or your second MVP. So then it's like, oh, who else do I have left? I'm looking else? at some bench players. Nobody. Cody Clemens. So why do we see that objectively and the Phillies don't, or do they and they can't act it because they couldn't trade anybody if they did? Well, they can't act it. They're not going to swallow their pride on uh, so Kyle Schwarber's contract. If yeah. you and I were taking out the owner, 
and uh, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Tom Janovich, not Tom Janovich. Middleton. Uh, Dombrowski. Dombrowski. And we were having dinner. We got them lit up a little bit, a couple of Manhattans. Would they agree with us? They would still play the company line. Comp- all company. Yeah. All company line, yeah. It's all going you know, to be I th- fine. I think between, uh, who is it? Between um, Painter, there was someone else I wanted to mention. That maybe we- Oh, Hoskins. We yeah. miss we miss really oh, Reese great Hoskins. Point. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, Hoskins coming back next year could be you know, another another thing to be excited about if the Phillies keep him. I don't think they do because I don't think they give him the money that Reese is going to want. That's all. I don't, don't think they're shelling out twenty five million or something like that. The only thing I could think is this Reese maybe get way less money being injured the whole year. That's a good point. And he is going to be I think thirty next year. Thirty one. Do they miss? We said that they miss Hoskins. We a lot. said that preseason. Yeah. Oh, Hoskins stunk. Yeah, all 70 extra base hits stunk. His 350, which Chad and I will debate forever, is on base percentage. He had years where he's 385. Then he had years where he dropped to 335. So I'd like to say he's a 350 on base percentage guy. I think his career average is right about that, by the way. But, and and they miss Derek Hall, too. Not not well, because he'd he be a great guy player. He's never earned a stripe yet. In, no, but it's another guy who just could. Could. Maybe step up. You know, he, That's he, is, true. he is a first baseman. How how nice would it be to put Boom to third? Yeah, get Hall in the lineup because with Sosa, yeah, showing like third's yep. gonna be a, it's gonna be a problem for him. Dilutable. It, it's a guy you can maybe get out, but one thing that would really be great and the Phillies need is Harper to back throwing. Whenever that day can be, they have to get him to the outfield so they can get Schwarber on the bench DHing. Um, because you can't have that it's guy in the outfield. It's a circus in left field right now, isn't it? It's a joke. It's a laughing stock of the defense in the MLB. It's a laughing stock. You yeah. hit the ball to Kyle Schwarber, don't stop running, because there's about right. a 50% chance he's going to bobble a ball right at right. him. Don't even stop what he has in his glove. And then he's going to pick it up and throw it, and he's going to make a six-grade six, six throw to somebody. He's going to lollipop it in the air. Or, if, or you can hit it to Brandon Marsh, and he's going to take his good old time okay. throwing the ball in, or he's going to overthrow the cutoff to by 50 feet. the infield he's done three times this year. I mean, this is a professional center fielder we're talking about, and people wonder why we say he stinks in center field. And boy, It's we, stuff like that. We took some heat from Bo on that one, didn't we? We still do. Man, I'll never forget that terse moment. Oh, boy. The, the stats don't lie. The defensive numbers over a year don't uh, lie. As Ray says, and I guess every once in a while it's okay to take a bow, right? As Ray says, our track record on this podcast predicting stuff is pretty darn high, isn't it? We've hit way more than we've gotten yeah. wrong. That's and for and sure. really, all we're doing is we're just reading the stats. So the, yeah. we add some conjecture, but mostly on this podcast, you're hearing what the stats yeah. were. And we have fun every now and then. But yeah, the, let's just head. look at Brandon Marsh in center field this year. His uh, defensive runs negative three. That projects to negative eleven for the entire and year, that's bad. which is b- anything that's below so negative bad. five or six oh, or seven a for a year is very year. very bad. Yep. Yep. Very, very bad. Schwarber projects like a minus 16. <laughs> Schwarber is scary. I think Luzinski's worst season ever is minus 11. That's the Schwar- goal we're Schwar- talking about. Schwarber is playing at a historically bad left field. And yeah, one historic. of the worst left fielder seasons in baseball history right now. If he were to do it for 160 games, which is probably hard to do because it's it's hard to honestly be as bad as he's been in left field. So the bullpen's a bright light. A beacon of sorts. You know, I disagree. Do you really? It's, but it's been good. You take out certain games. like You're ready you know, to have a fire sale with the team, huh? I think there are guys on that bullpen that are just extremely inconsistent, and I'm going to look at Alvarado for one of them. I am not as big a fan as people think of that I guy. I can only remember, I think, two bad outings. What's his ERA? Is it, I know it's back up to the twos where he was floating zero, you know, 
zero zero at one point. Well, no, that's the thing. It's still good. It's zero point six three. And that's the guy you're having a problem with? Yeah. Okay. I, look, How's it's, that for a tough It's teacher? one of my more outlandish things. I but, grade on a curve. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Curve would agree. <laughs> Last year he was three point one. The year yeah. before that he was four point two. Right. I just have a feeling where it's. I don't. I don't know. I just, know call, I thought, just call it a feeling. You know, I thought you were going to say we talked about his numbers. He's probably not as good as I thought you were going to say Kimbrel because I'm looking for him to blow up every day. I already wrote Kimbrel off. He he looked unbelievable this weekend. I mean, he's throwing the ball high nineties and locating. He really looked good. But, Yesterday uh, he gives up that home run. Right. It's right. just. I don't know. Uh, the Phillies bullpen. If look, looking at the numbers, the Phillies bullpen so ha- the, has been one the of the better better part areas. Of this team, do you have any bright part? Well, I mean, it's been the bullpen the past month. It's been way better. You know, it has been. So if you can get a lead, or have a you know decent chance right now. Twenty-two and twenty-four, seven games under. Can you name the best record in baseball? That's easy. Go That's ahead. easy with Tampa. Can you name the second one? Quick, don't look. Real I would quick. have said the Braves. Okay, they now, are. Toronto, oh, no, 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 or the, not Toronto. The, the, best, the second best winning percentage is Baltimore. Baltimore. You got it. Uh, Texas has been surprisingly good this that's year. It. They're your four, 600 teams. Uh, Tampa, 708, and that's not sustainable. Baltimore, 660. Atlanta, 630. Texas, 630. You're talking about a team last year in Texas, I think, won 65 games or something like that. So uh, that shows you can turn it around pretty quick if you're doing the right things. And Getting the most out of your bench and and uh, well, I will tell you right now, the most overrated team in baseball is Tampa. Well, playing above at their seven means. Seven eight, yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. You just look at their home and away. They're thirteen and ten away, and they're twenty one and four at home. Right. I mean, average that out. Maybe they're if you take Tampa on a, a hundred sixty two games. Do they win ninety five? I think they're. I think they're ninety five. 92 game team, which is a solid. I don't think they're a bad. They're not a bad team by any means, but I don't think they're, um, I I just don't think that they're deep enough in a lot of ways to make the world series. I think there's a lot of guys in that team who are going to fall back a bit to kind of what they've done throughout their career. I like a team like Baltimore way more than I like Tampa. Bring up Tampa's uh, 23 stats. Uh, I think what you're going to see are more 800 OPSs than you would think because they, they, they re-signed two guys. I think Lowe is one of them. And I think they got power this year throughout the lineup, you know, top six. Uh, defensively, their stats compared to every other team, it's a joke. It's, it's They're all different league. But um, and naturally, pitching-wise, their bullpen is, is lights out. The thing that's been really good with Tampa is, th- is what we talked about before. The balance of home runs. Yeah. If you look at them updated stats, they have two guys with 11, one guy with 10, yeah. two with eight, Bingo. and four with seven. How's that convert to OPS? Oh, very high. Good. Very, I mean, they have two guys over 1,000, three wow. guys over 900, and four guys over 800. So Chuck was right on Sorry, this three one. over 800. Yeah, I had this one in, right, when I said it's a different looking Tampa. I mean, they look phenomenal. Yes. Is that yes or no? Oh, yeah, they look phenomenal. Uh, your Honor. Yeah, we'll rest on on Tampa Bay no. Rays. Josh Lowe, Yandy Diaz having absolutely incredible right. years this year. So theory suggests that when success comes over a variety of players, it's easy to sustain, and when it's all one or two eggs in one basket, right? Oh yeah, if you have balanced hitters, they're going to lift each other up. So are absolutely. you correcting that to they're sustainable? Second ago, mm. you said Tampa's a fraud. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll change it. I just I geez. don't. I have to the work thing. hard there. Tommy. I don't like the way they play on the road. It concerns me. Thirteen and ten. 
That concerns me a lot. Why well, they? S- they're so winning on the road. road, where it's always tough to have a 500 record. They're 13 mm, and 10. Yeah, but you can't be that bad. You Looks like you're grasping at straws. No, I, don't, I don't think it is because you look at good teams. Good teams do better than that. The Braves are 17 and 7 on the road, but they're struggling at home. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about because okay. the Braves are 12 and 10 at home. <laughs> I guess I'm just grasping at straws. Yeah, probably. Hey, it's a Monday. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You up? Or did we rant already? I guess I was ran on myself this week for <laughs> Not the my uh, my solid preparation and theories. But um, rant, I guess I'll just stick with the uh, the Sixers. We talked about it. Very disappointing time for the you know, Philadelphia Sixers fans. It looks like uh, I mean we're in a really tough spot. Really, really tough spot. If we sign Harden, if we don't sign him, it looks like it's almost a lose lose either way. It doesn't feel <laughs> you good. sign him? What do you do? If we somehow can get Damian Lillard, I don't know why I've heard that name thrown around. I don't know how it's possible, but that would be amazing. Um, without that, I yeah, I just it's a tough time for a Sixers. This was our year to win, to prove the process worked, just to get one championship and it, you're, you're, everything's forgiven. And this was the year. Uh, this wasn't. This was. This was the year. So it didn't happen. There's no Julian Mudville. That's no. it. Yeah, they're just absolutely. Sixers had every chance they had. Everything aligned right, right? And they just, they don't deliver when it matters. They just don't deliver when it matters. It's just, you do or you don't. And when you do, you, you win a world championship. But when you don't take advantage of opportunities, you know, you don't. It's that simple. And the Sixers don't cash the ticket when it's there to be cashed. Uh, Phillies, I will say, 40,000 fans per game is uh, applaudable. Fantastic support for the team. But this team has to start playing, winning baseball. I mean, the, the lack of hustle that I'm seeing. Defensively, I don't know what we change. Offensively, are we as good as we get? Or Who goes up from here, bud? Who goes up? You hope, Turner. Back, okay. Yeah. Schwarber back. Hopefully. Otherwise, it's what you see is what you get. Yeah. You miss, you miss the big guy. Awesome. Yeah. How do you get a hold of us? As always, 609-828-5569. That's Chuck Self for any questions, uh, comments. You know, we, we have some guests coming on. Obviously, we have Frank, Boa, Charlie. Shoot us some questions that you have for him. We'll make sure to yeah. get him in. It looks like Frank next Monday. That'd be awesome. That's great. Oh, what are we doing next Monday, Memorial Day? Jeez, uh, we'll have to pivot on that one. Yeah, I'm not, not sure. Not we'll sure yet. Probably, probably, Stay tuned. We'll probably skip that one. We'll see. We'll, we'll let you know yeah. on the Daily Show about next Monday. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and our website, Speaking of Sports Pod, or Twitter, Instagram, just Speaking of Sports, you'll find us there. And, uh, you know, that's about it. So hopefully we can get a bounce-back week for the Phils and, you know, keep some momentum up from the good series against the Cubs. And I'll see you all tomorrow on The Daily Show, high atop the west side of Cherry Oak. God bless. Have a great Monday. Over now, guys.